Hey everybody, welcome back to the DQ with Damani Podcast. Yes, sir. I'm your host, Damani Mater. And man, last week's event, I can't believe that all the people around the world were doubting this man, David Benavidez. I can't understand how and why people doubted him. As me and my friend Mark are sitting there watching the fight. Everything that I said that was going to happen on this show happened. But not just for this fight, for multiple other fights. Chris Colbert, we're going to start there. Small sample size, even though it was a big result and a lot of people were pissed. Chris Colbert coming back with a win was completely unexpected. I at least thought the fight was going to be a draw. A win, I'm not sure if we could stretch it that far. Of course, I'm I'm always going to want to side with the fighter when it comes to the result. But at the same time, we, we do have to understand that recently there have been a lot of suspect decisions regarding judges, round-by-round round scoring. Overall scoring as a whole has just been very questionable. And when the scorecards got read, It seemed like people were very pissed off when Colbert ended up pulling the win. Now, whether or not El Rayo deserved the rematch was up to Colbert. I just said I'm not, no rematch. If he would have took his loss like a man, I would have gave him a rematch. You know me, I'm a dog. I came off a 13-1 layoff to fight him. I didn't have to fight him. I could have fought a bum. I choose to fight him. I could have fought a bum and got the same paycheck. Clip Colbert was not happy with the way that El Rayo handled the loss, and I do 100% agree with him. When you're in a situation like that, you can't respond emotionally, you have to be 100% true with yourself, accept it, understand hey, maybe I got robbed, maybe I just slacked and I got outworked, and truthfully, just walk away from that experience, submit your appeal. Get it on from there. You really don't want to make a situation like that worse for yourself, which is exactly what happened. Colbert was able to spin this, use this as a way to say, hey, this guy's a sore loser. He definitely doesn't deserve to be in the ring with me again. He doesn't deserve that opportunity to be on TV against me in an event like this on pay-per-view. Absolutely not. He's not he's not worthy of that. So in the eyes of everybody watching People are pissed that El Rayo doesn't get the rematch. But if you understand on the level of a fighter and a fighter's mentality regarding winning and losing, somebody who disrespects you like that when it's your moment, obviously they don't deserve that rematch opportunity. So I do understand him on that level. But people who are spectators, once again, I have to reiterate, everybody who's spectating does not understand what it's like to be in that ring, in that position where... Winning, losing, regardless, you're going to take damage. And winning and losing is what's going to put food on your plate. You can't eat legacy. People forget that. You cannot eat legacy in this game. Unfortunately, El Rayo was the one who took the loss. Chris Colbert walks away with a win, and he is moving back down to 130 pounds. He wants that rematch against Hector Garcia. I believe he could get it done the second time around if he keeps his right hand up while digging to the body. He got dropped by El Rayo the exact same way he got dropped against Hector Garcia. Gapping those punches to the body is exactly what gives that 
opportunity for the left hook to come forward. The left hook is always going to come forward when you're digging and you don't have your right hand up. Check left hook every single time. And that's exactly what El Rayo landed. So, small town soldier versus Abel Ramos. That fight was amazing. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I had a great time watching that fight. It was guard to guard, close quarters contact, fully just bombs on either side being thrown. And I got to give it, I, I, I have to always, no matter what, despite what happens regarding business, give props to PBC because they have made excellent moves when it comes to matchmaking. That fight was absolutely just ridiculous when it came to the amount of power output being thrown. Joey Spencer, the small town soldier, I have to, no matter what, give this man a, I, I don't know how much praise I could give him. His performance was great despite the loss. He just couldn't contend with the size and the strength of Ramos. It's just ridiculous when you're dealing with a guy who's really naturally built for the weight class versus a guy who's underweight, really moving up. The frame necessarily isn't the exact same as they would like it to be if they had more than enough time to be able to put on weight, change their frame, and be able to step in with a little bit of a stronger build. But, of course, Joey Spencer did not have that time. He wanted to jump straight into a contest. Obviously, this is for contendership regardless, and he just fell short. His team had to throw in the towel. I'm not mad at them for that. Unlike other fights I've seen in the past, this was for the best because Joey Spencer was too strong for his own good. He was just getting cooked. I cannot lie. Somebody cue the AB. He got his ass cooked. He got cooked. Adrian, you didn't go down like that, huh? He got cooked. That boy got washed. So, David Benavides pulls the victory that I knew was going to happen through. Everybody thought that he was going to fight emotional. Everybody thought that he was going to screw up, get counterpunched, knocked out. Everybody had this strange narrative that David Benavidez would just be too angry to perform at his max potential. And he silenced everybody. Just like I told you guys, he was going to land shots and land shots at max volume. He had absolutely zero misses when he decided to take his time, calculate just how far he would need to be to land a shot clean on him, not just graze his shoulder or his arm, fully land a clean shot on him and fire. Every single time he calculated, measured, fired. Then once he got to land in three, four hit combos, it just was too easy because he touches you with just a small shot first. It's a sample size shot just to see if he can touch you. Measure out, touch you. Once he knows where you are, every single shot that he throws following that is going to land guaranteed. And that's exactly what happened to Caleb Plant. He was weaving the jab, staying on the ropes, trying to get out of harm's way in a very similar fashion to Mayweather. Like I said on last week's episode, he took pages out of Mayweather's book and really gave himself the opportunities that he needed to get out of the way without taking too much damage. Now, as the rounds progressed, it became much more difficult to do 
because Benavidez knew where he needed to throw his punches, one, and then two, increased his volume. He increased his output. There needed to be way more movement from Caleb Plant, and he just didn't have that in his arsenal. Staying on the ropes is obviously a good idea when you have a fighter who's really short, can't necessarily get all the punches out at range. David Benavidez, that is the worst mistake you can make being on the ropes with him because he has arms just about as long as his legs. He could touch you from halfway. Halfway this man could touch you. He doesn't need to be in mid or close range to be able to deliver an uppercut that'll knock you out. Sebastian Fundora has the same exact power at that range because he is 6'6", obviously a much bigger man than David Benavidez, but the same principle applies because of how long his arms are. They can deliver power shots from very far without having to put a lot of effort or energy into it. Overall, despite the fact that he didn't get the knockout, I think David Benavidez lived up to all of the trash talk that he had delivered. Felt great to beat his ass first. Thank and you, David. And then after, I don't know, it just is what it is. <laughs> During these press conferences, because people, like I mentioned earlier, thought that he was going to be too emotional come fight night. But he really just let everything out once he started being able to work his way in and out and tear up Caleb Plant. It was just too ridiculous for pundits, fans, fighters alike to say that because I've I as far as I've seen David Benavidez's fights, he hasn't fought with a lot of emotion. He plays in the ring with his opponent. It's more of how hard are you willing to hit me? How much are you willing to sacrifice in order to beat me? And if you're not will enough to win, you don't have enough mental fortitude, enough strength to be able to progress against me, then I'm not going to respect you. I'm not going to show you any respect on your punches. I'm going to get hit, laugh at you, smile, walk forward, and hit you even harder. It's less of a skill department issue and more so a mental game. That's where a lot of David Benavidez's opponents lose. It's the mental game. He gets into your head, and eventually, you shut down. You don't have the energy you had before. That's what happened with Anthony Durrell, despite the fact that the fight was stopped. He really started to drain Durrell's soul, and you could see that. It was starting to weigh down on him too much. He slowed down. He didn't really throw too many punches after a while because he realized that Hitting David Benavidez with power shots wasn't the way to win. Outboxing him was the way to win. But it happened way too late. He had already been too tired, too drained, and just mentally through with the fight. You could tell that Darrell, despite being that dog that he prides himself on being, wasn't there near the end of the fight. He was just too slow, too weak, and he couldn't contend with Benavidez's power. Now, what I can tell you is despite the fact that he got cooked and cooked bad, <laughs> Caleb Plant, he still does walk away from this fight a warrior. He still does walk away from this fight with somewhat of a respect, not exactly friendship, but just common respect between himself and David Benavidez. At the end of the fight, they both just let the trash talk die. It's done. He lost. There's no more to say. He's been beat. It's on to the next fight. And Caleb Plant, he really offered the same sentiments 
on social media. He let everybody know, firstly, that he was okay, and secondly, that there was no more to say on the matter of David Benavidez versus Caleb Plant because he lost. There is no rivalry at this point unless you want a rematch, and clearly he does not want that rematch. He needs to find a fight that will fully just redefine him and put him back on the trajectory that he needs to be able to get to a title which obviously isn't possible at this moment at super middleweight because he david benavidez is the next in line to fight canelo alvarez at 168 pounds after john Ryder. now like we've spoken on multiple times throughout every week on this show canelo really has a lot to think about he wants to finish up john Ryder, then move on to a bivol rematch then move on to David Benavidez. That seems to be his trajectory regarding fights between 2023 and 2024 as of an interview that he gave this past Tuesday responding to David Benavidez. Now, whether or not this is going to actually come to fruition, we're not sure. Boxing politics is funny sometimes. We might end up with the fight early. We might end up with the fight late. Who knows? If that fight doesn't really materialize then David Benavidez has said that he would give 175 pounds a try which I don't think would be a bad idea for him there are definitely a lot of challenges up there and really if the politics are going to get in the way of him getting a shot at undisputed it's just too bad there's more opportunities out there to be chased in different weight classes one guy even tried to entertain David Benavidez moving up to my weight class cruiserweight I wouldn't be opposed to that there are definitely some killers in these two weight classes that a lot of people aren't putting on the map. So David Benavidez moving up one cl- one weight class, two weight classes, who knows? It will definitely bring some much needed attention to fighters who not necessarily are in championship contention, but guys who are willing to step in the ring with David Benavidez because that seems to be the main issue. A lot of people are ducking him. We've accused Canelo of ducking him. We accused Caleb Plant of ducking him. It seems like a repeated trend in his career is the opponents that he wants, he can't get, either through politics or because that person does not want the fight. So hopefully he'll be able to get these fights made in the near future. I would most definitely prefer to see Canelo fight him within the year end. Whether or not that actually happens, like I said earlier, it's all up to the politicians. It's all up to the guys in charge of these promotions they're gonna really try to either support this fight or get this fight shut down we've seen it happen with the undisputed fight at 175 with Bivol and better obviously the situation was getting to a point where hey we need to have this undisputed fight obviously top rank disown disagreed now Caleb smith is gonna fight arter better and Bivol has no opponent for the time being Things aren't really shaken the the way they should be at the light heavyweight division right now. And that's really just because of politics. We've always got to circle back when it comes to these fights. A fight gets made. People start talking about it. Rumors get spread. The fight fails because of politics. And then we start the cycle all over again. It really just happens over and over and over again. And there's not much we could do really about it at this point in time at all. Now... On to the April Fool's weekend. We've got AJ 
taking on Jermaine Franklin. That's going to be a great fight. I don't really see anybody talking about it as much as I would like them to. I think that's mostly because the fight is being overshadowed by Ryan Garcia and Tank's match, as well as other fights such as Canelo's fight this May. So it really seems like there wasn't as much buzz around this fight as people probably would have liked to, especially since it's a fight in the UK. A lot of fights over in the UK don't really get much airtime over here in the US unless you have a huge fan base like Anthony Joshua, which is why the situation is so surprising. I've seen a lot of boxing pundits at first when the first fight really was announced and there was no undercard that there was little to no people like interested in the fight and actually buying the fight pay-per-view wise which is eventually why the zone said okay we're just going to include this fight as a part of your subscription package and on top of that why people weren't buying as many seats as they would have as compared to the Usyk fight and the fights prior to that so it just really seems that AJ's brand is suffering at the cost of fights that are really close in proximity to that one specifically i don't really want to blame aj for that it's really more so the guys at the zone and whoever runs their advertising as well as marketing it's more so getting that fight to the people delivering the fight to the people making the people want to invest in the fight and that really hasn't happened so far for him but i hope that between now when this episode releases and when the fight actually happens a lot more people are running their mouths about this because Jermaine Franklin, he is a very worthwhile challenger. I don't think a lot of people are giving him credit because he's not really a, a big name American heavyweight. Despite all of that, he went to the UK his last performance and had a robbery loss to Dillian White. He cooked Dillian White, but obviously the judges were biased and he lost, which is a whole different conversation that we've already gotten into with the Chris Colbert and El Rayo Valenzuela fight, there's just way too much stuff going on with refs and not enough people are paying enough attention to it. But hopefully this time around, there will be fair judging for Jermaine Franklin. Win or lose, I know that Anthony Joshua is going to be game. I'm hoping that Derek James has really polished him as a boxer as well as a puncher. But we will see come Saturday night. Right now, I'd say the main issue with Anthony Joshua is just ensuring that his jab is clean. Fighting behind the jab has really been like a major, major problem that he's been suffering from within his last three fights. His fight against Andy Ruiz proved that he can do it, but it seems like after that is when he really started to fall back into the old habit of trying to rely on power shots which is obviously not a bad thing when you have as much height and reach as him it's more so just making sure that opponents that are shorter than you can't get into range to unload four maybe even three piece combos against you because obviously that's going to show the ref hey this guy has more aggression despite the guy having more reach and more shots being popped from the outside it's it's really difficult to make a solid impression on the judges when all you're throwing are body shots and hooks, which is exactly what he did against Alexander Usyk. It was a good strategy. He just had no jab. If he would have worked behind the jab, he would have definitely had a lot more success. But 
that's not to say that the body shots and the right hooks that he were throwing weren't landing. They were landing. He had some accuracy on those body shots and those hooks. It's more so he didn't have a setup punch to keep Alexander Usyk out of range. It seems to be an issue that I believe Derek James has ironed out. Like I said earlier, I believe that he has polished him as a boxer as well as a puncher because Anthony Joshua needs to return to his boxing. He's shown us against the second fight against Andy Ruiz that he can successfully box his opponents out effectively across a 12-round stretch. It's not impossible for him to do it. It's more so, does he want to and does he trust his boxing skill enough to be able to rely on that across a 12-round stretch? Once again, we have reached the end of another wonderful episode of DQ with Demonic. Please support all of your local fighters. I say this every week. Get out there and buy those tickets. Thank you so much for choosing the DQ with Demonic podcast for your source of weekly combat sports news and lifestyle. God bless and be easy.